when you do the, the content ads, you're you're leading with value. And I mean, there should be no hint of a fucking sales pitch in these ads. Like it should just be like literally you talking, like helping people in the most normal possible way. Like nothing like over the top. Cause you want these the power in these ads is you want to like this like camouflage. You want them to just scroll people, somebody scrolling through their feed and then they just come across like, who's this, this Ryan McGain guy? Oh, it's a sponsor, but it doesn't look like an ad. Like, oh, this guy looks cool. This is a short clip from the next episode of the podcast with my buddy Ryan McGinn. We go over a bunch of really awesome advertising and things you can do when you have a small audience to kind of drive business and drive attention and generate buzz around your ideas. But this episode of the podcast, I just wanted to talk about the podcast. It's about a month since the first episode was published on iTunes. So I want to give you some insight into what's happened so far. So if you're someone who's thinking about starting a podcast or you've already got one, this may be interesting to you. But there's some ideas that I think you'll be able to use whether or not you're starting a podcast. I'm doing this for a couple of reasons. I'm revealing stats and just kind of all the numbers so far because I want to be able to create a track record. So when this show ends up getting my 50,000 downloads per episode, I can show people like, look, well, I started here. Sort of the thing I just like to do a lot. I think a lot of us, we don't start things because we only see the really successful people and that becomes intimidating. We can't see ourselves doing it because they're already too, too far away. So this is just my attempt to make a show really that I think will be more useful in a year than it will be today. Oh, I don't fucking know. Some good shit in here though, goddammit. I go, I give you my stats, all the numbers and downloads and all of the stuff that I've been doing. I talk about my launch strategy, which was pretty much non-existent. The, how much money I'm spending on advertising so far to promote this podcast. And then just a few things that you might want to think about if you're thinking about starting a podcast or you already have one, or you're just trying to figure out whether it's a worthwhile thing for you to do. I'm not sure for most people, it probably isn't actually, unless they're already in a certain place, which I'll talk about in a moment. And then I just give you a few ideas that you can consider when you are making your podcast and and deciding who the audience should be and what sorts of things you should be talking about. So right on, I think we'll just get right into it. Again, I just want to say thanks for listening. Check out the website at unusuallyfocused.com and please, you know, rate, review, support a brother. You know what I mean? It helps. All right, so I'm just under one month in. The first episode of this podcast went live on March 13th on Apple Podcasts, and it went on the rest of the platform soon after that. And my idea right now is to eventually I want to transition into focusing more on just like mainstream entertainment type investigative stuff like the dream would be to produce a show on Netflix or something, but I'm not ready to do that yet or even just like a really high quality podcast, like a series podcast, some sort of investigative cool thing. But I don't have the resources or the skills to do that yet. And there's a lot to be learned about producing these sorts of shows. So it's a lot of practice. It's like, it's like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable now with doing short form kind of micro social media content for Instagram and stuff like that. But doing longer form stuff and continue like being able to talk for a while and keep people engaged and manipulate your voice and do all that stuff like that's things that I'm just not fully comfortable with yet. So I'm using this as a place to practice doing that stuff. So I'm getting my feet wet really by just making a podcast with the equipment and the resources that I have right now, which is very, I mean, the, the equipment is minimal. I have a, just a computer and a regular microphone and I use my phone to film for the promotion stuff, but I'm focusing on really content. So I'm, I'm talking about the things that I've, I've been talking about and that I've built an audience around and I'm making the podcast for those people because I just, I want to like, because my production value values and all of the behind the scenes tech 
technical stuff. Like I don't have the skills yet for that. So what I can do though is make the content really good. So I'm not going to try to produce the eventual mainstream entertainment show that I want to make because it would just be hacky and like, and I just can't hack it. So why not make something that's like really fucking good for a a small number of people who are already said, dude, I, I want some more. For my launch and promotion strategy, which there was no launch strategy whatsoever, I actually had been asked by people for a couple of years to make a podcast, something like this, but I just didn't really get it. I wasn't really even listening to podcasts. It just wasn't for me at all. Eventually, I did start to listen to podcasts more. There's a few that I like, but even then it was still like, meh. But then it was just all of a sudden one day I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. And I just started it. I didn't do any sort of pre-launch buildup stuff like I normally would have done. I just said, I'm doing it. Recorded a couple of episodes and just submitted them without even thinking much about the launch strategy. So there wasn't one. And I don't even know that that was the best idea. It was just what happened to get the thing done and out and get me started. I do believe there's probably real value in using an actual strategy to orchestrate a big opening day and opening week. But uh, that wasn't what I did for promotion, though. I'm making these videos and I'm filming myself make the podcast, not because I want it to be a video podcast. Like I don't want to do the Joe Rogan style where there's video and audio, because what I want to do is focus on the audio first, because I think if you are using video as a main component, like if there's an actual video element to the to the show you're producing, you end up pandering to the camera a little bit. You sort of perform for the camera. And I think I do that on some level because I'm just the cameras there and I'm not used to it. But what I don't want to happen is for me to make something that works on video, but doesn't work on audio. I want everything to translate on audio first. So I'm using the video as promotional pieces. I'm essentially just trying to capture a behind the scenes look of what I'm doing as I'm actually making the podcast. I do end up looking at the cameras sometimes, but I try to not do that as much as possible or to at least not let those let those influence the way that I talk and the way that I move my body and all that stuff as I'm making the episode. But I do believe that making the videos is really worth it. I think they're like, I'm going to get to my statistics in a second and talk about how many downloads and stuff so far. But I think these promotional videos, these behind the scenes videos that show me making them are a huge driver of this initial batch of listeners that I've got. In the first month or so, I've spent about $500 on Facebook and Instagram advertising. There's no way to really track it to any sort of meaningful sale or statistics. So, I mean, it's definitely not like profitable in the sense that I haven't made any money with the advertising spend yet. But I think I have a policy that if I'm not willing to spend $1,000 on advertising for a new idea or product I want to make over the first few months, like if I'm thinking about it and I don't want to spend that much money, it's probably a good sign that it's not a good idea for me to start right then. I believe that there's your willingness to put some actual skin in the game, some money to get the idea or get the thing in front of people is important. And if you're not willing to do that, if you're like, nah, you probably should just focus on something that you will be willing to invest $1,000 in advertising to get the word out. And the advertising so far has just basically been really simple content ads where I make a I make a normal post on Instagram or Facebook. Like I, I cut together one of these little promotional videos and then I use in the, Insta, the Facebook platform, the advertising platform to create an ad from that video. So I just show that to all of the people who are in the custom audiences that I've already built. And I've been exploring scaling the ads a little bit to audiences that don't know me yet, but I'm focusing on the ones that do. And I'm using the videos that I'm making when I'm the behind the scenes footage. And I'm also noticing a pretty cool uptick and spike in the IGTV episode views. So I don't typically like to make stuff for IGTV because I don't know, I just don't have a, it's just not my thing, but I've been, and those seem to do really well. I think that giving some people some extra length and letting them see some of the stuff that's in the podcast unfold with this behind the scenes footage is compelling, but I've also just been using the normal feed posts as ads 
that give people a link to the website that I just built for Unusually Focused, which is actually pretty fucking sick. It looks like Netflix, dude. You should check it out. Unusuallyfocused.com. So that's really what I've done so far with promotion and advertising. I think it's a really important thing. I do believe that it would be worthwhile for you to spend more time and more money and more of yourself on promoting the content you're making instead of just continuing to produce more content. Promoting even, I mean, not just your podcast episodes, but promoting your other posts. And I don't even mean promoting like spending money. I mean, actually talking about the response they're creating and talking about the process of you creating content. It's like a weird meta approach, but it really works. And it's really, a, it's, it's been the most effective device I've used so far. And here's some of my stats so far, which I don't even really have a full grasp on what all of these numbers mean yet. So I don't I can't really put, say they're anything meaningful. It, it feels like it's going pretty well compared to other numbers I've looked around and read, but it's it's hard to say. But here's what I got so far. So there's been 12 episodes total up. We're, we're slightly less than one month from the first episode going live. The total number of downloads or my I use Buzzsprout as the host and they they use the word plays, not just downloads. So I have four. 4,572 downloads of all of the podcasts since it started. The most the most downloads or plays on a single episode was the one that I did with Yoga Detour with Cecily Mill. And there was a there's 720 downloads or plays so far. The average right now for all of mine is about 312. And then here's just a couple of like numbers I found. There's a there's a podcast host called Libsyn and they publish their statistics. They host a huge number of podcasts. So they have some pretty decent data. And basically what they figured out is that their podcast podcasts that have more than 140 downloads. So when a show gets more than 140 downloads, it's better than 50% of all the other podcasts because there's so many podcasts and most of them just people don't even, they they just bail on them or whatever. But so if you have more than 140, you're better than 50%. If you have more than 1200, you're better than 80%, more than 8,400, you're better than 95%. And then more than 37,000 downloads per episode, you're better than 99% of all other podcasts. Now those numbers were taken from shows that had been published for about 45 days. So none of my episodes are even 45 days old yet. I'm already past the 140, which is makes my stuff better than 50% of all other podcasts. And I should probably get close to around the point where I'm 1200 downloads, which will make my podcast better than 80% of all the other podcasts they host, which wouldn't be bad for the first month. You feel me? So I think it's pretty common with most podcasts that iTunes or Apple podcast tends to be the largest number of devices. Like that's where most people listen to their podcasts is through Apple or iTunes. Um, there are some on Spotify and Android, but the majority is on iTunes and there's some crazy stuff. Like the statistics there are pretty interesting. So when you post a podcast and a video say of the same length podcasts get listened to for so much longer a 20 minute video with the same content as a 20 minute podcast if you look at the statistics you'll see much more people listen to much more of the episode audio only because there's a lot there's a lot there because people can do it while they're doing other stuff they don't have to sit down and watch the video they can be driving or cleaning or doing whatever they're doing so that's really interesting and so far on my apple analytics it's showing me that my podcast has been listened to on 345 unique Apple or iOS devices, and it's listened for a com- for a total of 443 hours. So on those 345 devices, those people listen to 443 hours of this content with an average of an hour and 17 minutes per device, which is just crazy. It's just insane. And this is still the new thing. So it really is a, I, I mean, I, we, as I just said, like be, being able to move around as you listen to podcasts, create something where people who are too busy to watch your videos can get more of you. So I think there's a lot to be said about that. It's a, it's an important thing. 
So right now it's rated four point four stars out of five stars. It was five stars for the most the majority of the time it was live. And all of a sudden this there's this group of fucking chodes on Instagram. We don't like me. And they went and they stormed the gates and fucking left a bunch of shitty reviews. And actually, it appears that Apple is policing those reviews because the really shitty ones were taken down. But they voted a bunch of one star. So it brought it down from. 5.0 stars to four stars. And I'm also using a site called mypodcastreviews.com that gets the reviews from all of the iTunes stores from all over the world. So you only see the reviews both as a podcast publisher and as someone who's looking in the iTunes store. You only see the reviews from the country that you're logged in from. So you don't see everyone else's reviews. So I have a bunch of reviews from other countries, well, eight other countries, which was pretty cool, I think. And there's about 41 of those written reviews and then 23 in the United States. But four, four stars is pretty cool. I do believe that the way that the stars are, have unfolded so far. So it's, it's mostly five stars. And then up, like the little batch of one stars, which I think is more interesting than just getting a bunch of like three and four stars, if that makes any sense. So all in all, I feel like those numbers are pretty good so far. I'm not really sure what anything means yet. Nothing is really given me. I haven't made any money with the podcast directly. I mean, there may be something that I don't know about, just that someone who found me and bought something, but it's hard to really say yet, but this isn't for that yet. It's more of a place for me to practice and to prepare myself for the mainstream entertainment show that I am eventually going to make. God damn it. Here's one thing I would say if you're thinking about starting a podcast or you already have one that maybe you're just not publishing a lot on or whatever, is that one of the questions I would ask myself before I started one is, are people interacting with me regularly? So if I have students, customers, clients, whatever that see me a lot, those people are the best audience you've got to make a podcast for or if on social media. Like there's a, there's people who are commenting regularly and you're starting conversations with. That's a pretty good sign that there might be something going on or if they're DMing you questions. You want engagement first, because I think a lot of people, they go into creating a podcast, hoping that that will get them an audience when really they should be just making the podcast for the audience that they've already created. So if I owned a gym or a yoga studio or something like that, I think a a, a more interesting podcast than your just general thoughts on yoga at large would be creating a podcast for the gym or the studio. So for just the people who come there, I mean, they'll share it with their friends. You can feature members. You can talk about other trainers, other teachers, interview them and share stuff that way. But I think just focusing on the smallest possible audience that you can. I talked in a previous episode about maybe making it a podcast for a neighborhood. So kind of like if you were a, a trainer, teacher, a business owner, or a real estate agent or whatever would be to go around and, and, and build relationships with the community leaders by interviewing them and then creating a very hyper local specific podcast, which again would be focusing on a small area. So I live in Los Angeles. And if I was going to take this approach to build, and I think if I was still teaching yoga, if I could go back, I would do this. I wouldn't make a podcast for Los Angeles because Los Angeles is fucking huge. And I wouldn't even really make a podcast for West Los Angeles, which is also huge. I'd even go like crazy, like just West of Lincoln. So if you know LA, like just, I'd focus on a very small area and build my podcast about that thing and then run ads, hyper local ads to drive traffic to it. Point being start with the smallest possible audience of people who are already engaged with you or who are already really interested in something. The location thing is sort of interesting Because when you talk about when you talk specifically about a place that people live in or that they frequent, that stuff really resonates with people. But uh, focusing on a small number of people is important. And I would also really try to be honest with myself about can I be consistent with this thing, even though it's 
probably not going to make me any money for a little while or maybe ever really, or, or at least like money directly. And you also have to understand that you're not going to be getting the sort of dopamine hit that you get with the instant validation that other social media platforms provide. You don't get likes and comments. You don't even know how many people subscribe to your podcast. Apple doesn't show those numbers. So you really don't have any way of knowing which is freeing and liberating in a sense, because you also don't know how many people other how many subscribers other podcasts have, which a lot of times we fall into this trap of comparing ourselves to other shitheads on social media who have more bigger numbers than us. And that kind of gets in the way. So there is some satisfaction in that. But I think, you know, you need to be able to continue to charge forward and be consistent for a long period of time for it to ever get any traction. I don't even really have any traction yet, but this is just like what I've looked around and read. And obviously it just seems to make intuitive sense. So if your answers to those questions are no, like you don't have many people interacting with you yet, or you don't really know what to do, or you don't, you're not sure that you could be consistent and push through, even though people don't even appear to be listening or that the numbers don't, they're not as big as your other social media numbers. I would probably wait to start the podcast. I would wait until there's already a group of people who are like, yeah, I want some more from you because it's, you know, I think we don't want to fall in the trap of you know, like, if I build it, they will come because now nah, they won't, they won't fucking come. You know, you're not just going to all of a sudden end up on the featured store page or the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. You're, you're going to have to grind it out for a while and promote it and really do a lot to get people to listen to it. And even that, I don't even know I'm a month in on what the fuck do I know? But yeah, just to wrap this up, I just wanted to give you this update on what's going on so far, give you these like real numbers. And I don't know what they mean much yet, but I do want there to be a record because when this podcast is getting the 50,000 downloads a month or whatever, I want to be able to show people that like, look, I started with nothing and like, here's what it is now. I also want just to practice my voice and practice being interesting and using my mind for longer periods of time because the 60 second videos that I can bust out now, they're not going to get in my show on Netflix. You know what I'm saying? So thank you for listening to this episode in a future episode. And I'll actually make a post on the website about it, about just the whole process. I've been getting a lot of questions via DM about this um, and just how I make it and what I use and all this different stuff. So I'll make something about that pretty soon if you're interested in any of that shit. And I think that's uh, good for this episode. Thank you again for listening and um, still no tagline. God damn it. Fuck. But do please subscribe, rate, review, help me get those like one star shit birds out of my motherfucking out of my display, you know? All right. Later. Seriously, though, who the hell waits all the way to the end? Get, get your shit together.